0: The Bucs might have missed an opportunity to win two games in this back-to-back on the weekend. But the back end of this game in Charlotte with no Giannis, no Chris, no Drew Holiday proved to be a pretty entertaining game. And Brook Lopez continues to strengthen his case for defensive player of the year. We're also going to touch on Chris Middleton. His return was pretty impressive considering that he'd spent uh, seven months away from the game. So a quick little weekend pod here live to wrap up the weekend. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. My name is Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on the show Monday to Friday and occasionally on the weekend like we're doing right now. You can also find my work over at ESPN. Uh, as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day, uh, particularly if you are going to be joining us on this live stream uh, here tonight. I've said this before. This is only the third time we've tried a live stream, but uh, I will... Certainly, as I get more comfortable with doing this and we get the setup a little bit better, uh, we'll give a bit more notice if we are going to go live in the post game. And there won't always be solo pods. We'll get Frank on here. We'll get Justin, Camille, uh, the whole crew on here to have some fun on the podcast. But speaking of fun, the Bucks beat the Hornets tonight, and we will start there on this podcast. They beat the Hornets, as I mentioned, with no Giannis, no Chris, no Drew Holiday, one hundred five to ninety six. In really, what was a pretty comfortable performance and i think we all forecasted that maybe there might be some players that wouldn't play but after the game last night was pretty open about the fact he wasn't going to play chris middleton i think the interesting thing about not playing all these guys is bud before the game straight up saying look the, the players aren't going to be happy about it but we are keeping them out of this game I had someone in the YouTube comments the other day that was mentioning to me that they thought it was disrespectful that the Bucs would rest these players against lower-ranked teams. I kind of disagree with that. I think we are at a stage, whether it's frustrating or not, that we understand that players aren't going to play 82 games. You probably want to keep him in that 65 to 70 range. And a back-to-back after a really physical and difficult game the night before, uh, these days, they are just going to look after the players. And it's unfortunate because I sit on my couch and I want to watch Giannis play every single damn night. But I also understand that you want these guys healthy in the postseason if you can. And we saw tonight uh, that the Bucs were able to handle it against a lower team. And personally, if you have the choice between playing your best players against the better teams or playing them against you know lower ranked teams like Charlotte and just trying to rack up the wins, Uh, I say I want to see this team win or loss, win or lose, tested against the better teams. Now, I understand the Lakers haven't won a lot of games this year, but there's LeBron, there's AD, there's Westbrook, it's national TV. That's the game that I want to see these guys play. And then against Charlotte, we get some fun performances uh, like we did tonight. And as Jordan points out in the stream comments, if we don't shorten the season, guys will rest back-to-backs. It's absolutely correct. And it's a part of the modern-day basketball, and it's frustrating you know, for fans, and particularly, I'm sure that there's some listeners here, potentially, that were in Charlotte. It's one of uh, the rare opportunities you get to see Giannis, and that's the the real downside to this. But I think what is different to the early 2000s to the 90s is that the medical staff are saying, hey, this is actually not good for these guys to play a back-to-back within 24 hours after flying on a plane. And they're going to look after the guys that they have the most investment in and the guys that ultimately... Are going to help this team? We hope win a title. But let's start with Brooke Lopez because uh, I'm telling you, we, we go through. We know Bet Online is a is a friend of this podcast, a sponsor of this podcast, and uh, we're going to get to Bet Online in just a little bit. But Brook Lopez is the favorite for Defensive Player of the Year, and he had seven blocks in this game to go along with his 14 points. We know he's scoring at a higher rate than he ever has before. And we have a comment in the stream saying Brooke needs to rest the game too. And don't worry. I was sitting back watching this game at the start thinking, why is Brooke Lopez the one star on this team that consistently gets to play in these games while everyone else rests? It is really interesting. I assume that they're going to try and manage him. His minutes are definitely lower, typically, than Giannis and Drew and Chris. But it is a great point that he uh, he is always the guy that seems to play in these games with the depleted lineups. But the seven blocks tonight... He could have had even more. He is just an absolute beast. And I just will never stop continuing to marvel at his timing on these shots. His ability to contest without fouling. And the funny thing is that it is crazy at this point that he is able to to get this amount of blocks. So seven blocks tonight, but now in seven out of 22 games, he's had at least four blocks. I think he's up to 66, 67 blocks on the season, which is around 18 more than any other player in the entire league. And this doesn't even factor in the intimidation factor that he has on opposition players when they are trying to go to the basket. They are scared to take it in there. And a lot of the times they'll back it out or they'll pass out, although they'll, they'll turn a, you know, what would you would think would be a high percentage chance at the basket and then reset at the back because they don't want to go at Brook Lopez. But when they do, uh, he is just, Outstanding. And again, we keep on saying it, but I just don't think that we could have predicted that he was going to get to this level to start the season. And I've always said that I find it hard to believe that Drew Holiday or Brooke Lopez could win Defensive Player of the Year when Giannis is in the same team, just because of the elite level that Giannis plays to and the respect he gets from everyone, deservedly so for being an all-world defender in his own right. But I think we're seeing the type of night-to-night extraordinary defensive play from Brook Lopez that he can, and if the season ended today, he would win Defensive Player of the Year. So we'll see how this continues to play out. But for him to be 34 years old, to come off that back surgery, and to be playing this level of defense, the best uh, in his entire career is, is truly remarkable. And it's honestly just fun to watch and it does play into the theory that i've noted a couple of times on this podcast that yeah he just looks healthier than he probably has at any point in his bucks career and remember he had that back surgery at the start of last season and i don't know whether we'll get the full story here but he played on opening night and then went down for the back surgery and i've always had this you know little theory that he's been carrying this back injury for a number of years they won the title Clearly an incredibly tough effort from Brook Lopez. And he gets the reward of playing on ring night. And then he gets to fix himself last season. Probably wasn't at his best. And it was going to be difficult for him to be at his best last year. But now he's come back with a full off season. And uh, as I said, he is looking better than ever. And on a night where there's no Giannis, no Chris, or no Drew Holiday, Brook Lopez was absolutely immense. We've got some other players to talk about on this podcast. We want to get to Chris Middleton's return. Uh, There were some other nice performances tonight. Jordan Wara got his chance uh, to play a little bit. And overall, this Lakers game, I know the Bucks lost, but it would be hard to say that that wasn't the most entertaining game this season. It was absolutely extraordinary. So we're going to talk about Chris Middleton. We're going to talk about that Lakers game and a little bit more from tonight as well after we talk about our friends at Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want whenever you want it from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Uh, You can even test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits your everyday life. So if you're like me and you don't have a car, but you just need to do a little trip, Turo is the way to go. Uh, every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. You know, the best thing about doing these uh, live podcasts is, you know, you guys really get to see the ad rates in full flight. There, there's no double takes here. One take Pittman at his absolute best. Uh, there's some more comments here on brooke lopez Uh, 7z says brooke is a defensive player of the year candidate but he isn't going to win i'm not sure what that's based off i think if the season finished right now uh he would win and i think that you're starting to see a fair bit of mainstream uh, acknowledgement of what he's been able to do in this uh in this season so far Jig says, Kane better uh, with some built bars. I'm always better with built bars. I actually run out of built bars right now. Uh, before we move on to this Lakers game, though, and keep the com- comments coming in the stream here, we really appreciate that. Uh, PJ Washington, a few comments on PJ Washington in this game. Extraordinarily went over 13. Uh, he has been a player that, you know, at least some Bucks fans have thrown up in the air. Like, w- could he be a potential trade target? Again, continue to talk about, Obviously, Grayson Allen because of the salary. You guys know I like Grayson Allen. I'm not sure that I would be trading him, but PJ Washington's been a guy. I've brought this up before. I don't know if you remember this. Remember the tripping slash kicking incident with PJ Washington and Giannis? Giannis has a long memory. I'm not so sure that PJ Washington would end up in Milwaukee, but we've seen before that players can have big performances against the team. And that team gets lulled into thinking, man, this is the guy for us. This is who we need to trade for. Uh, not quite what PJ Washington uh, did tonight in this game. 0 for 13. You don't see that uh, every single day. Jordan War tonight with 17 points. Uh, the thing that I love with Jordan War at this game, and he had 15 in the first half, only two in the second half, but seven for 11 from the field. And you know, we've all spoken about Jordan War a lot. And sometimes the shot selection... Particularly in games like this, he forces it a little bit. He knows it's his time to shine. He knows it's his time to score. But I thought he was pretty controlled tonight. I thought this was a really good performance. I thought he had a couple of nice offensive rebounds. He did some little things that stand out to me. As again, just improvement for Jordan. Now, we understand that uh, Marjan Beauchamp has been ill. But we have seen here over the last week or two that Jordan Wara has been the guy that Mike Budenholzer has gone to. And I... yeah. I, th- I thought he was. I thought he was pretty good tonight. Uh, we should also mention Bobby Portis, by the way, a career high seven assists, and I didn't realize that he had seven assists in this game until I looked at the uh, at the box score. And Big Hoss says Wara just won't allow us to give up on him, and that's the interesting thing with Jordan Wara, isn't it? Because we've discussed him a lot, and I said, well, he has to. He has to do other things other than score him because we all know that he can score at an NBA level. He's proven it, um, but can he be impactful in other ways? I think we've seen some improvements here over the last week or two, but you're exactly right, right. so far over the course of his career. And sometimes it's just via opportunity, um, but he has been a little bit of a tease where some nights it's horrible, some nights it's gives you significant hope uh, that he would be an NBA player and... I've got no doubt that there would be teams out there as Ian says, keep his trade value high. I've got no doubt that you know, a guy that can score like that in this league is athletic enough and has shown an ability at times to be able to impact the game in other ways. I have no doubt that there would be teams that would be interested, but you know, just with his salary, he's he's just, even if you did want to put him in a trade, he's just a filler. You probably add him. to to, you know if you do go down the path of trading Grayson Allen he's just a filler there because George Hill had a good night tonight he had a nice reverse finish some pretty decent defense he even threw down a dunk and you guys have known that I've been pretty strong on the fact that George Hill is nowhere near as bad as what some people uh, make him out to be and it was interesting that he finished this game he closed this game and Calvin brings that up in his comment. He says, two mediocre performances in a row for Javon off the bench. Do you still think Grayson should start over him for the foreseeable future or have these last two games got you rethinking it? Not really, because I I don't personally... Like, Javon has been great to start... He's been great to start the season. I'm just sorry, I got distracted. David Hartman says he threw down a dunk. Uh, He did, didn't he? Did he throw down a dunk or did I just dream that? I might have fallen asleep halfway through this game. But no, my point with uh, Javon uh, or with Grayson Allen was that I think that he is, with his skill set and with his shooting for this team, I think you maximize using the gravity of Giannis, of Chris, of Drew for your best shooter, your dynamic shooter in Grayson Allen. And Grayson is legitimately a guy and one of the rare guys on this team that the opposition defense will stick to and will be fearful of his ability to shoot. And I thought it was incredibly impressive that the Bucks were able to get Grayson Allen that unbelievable look late in the game against the Lakers that would have tied it. Unfortunately, he missed it. We've seen Grayson Allen hit some big shots so far in his Bucks career, but yeah, that was a, a wide open look that you would love to see Grayson knocked down. But he's dangerous and having him out there, I, I think is a weapon. And I think... I do think that uh, I personally would go with Grayson. I'm not totally surprised that that would be the case. Uh, but as we've seen in the past, I am curious later on in the season, they've been looking after Wesley Matthews a little. You know, Does Wes still end up starting later on in the season? Does Joe Ingles start later on in the season? Do they eventually just go with Pat? Pat was in the closing lineup again against the Lakers. So the point being, that I don't think that you can cater to every player and say, "Geez, Javon has had a couple of rough games off the bench. We better start him again." Like I don't think Javon Carter is that important. I think this team is deep. I think that they've got a number of options they can go to. Um, I just like the shooting of Grayson Allen alongside the starters because I think he's in a, I, I think he's in a, in a good spot in terms of being able to maximize that. And again, yeah, maybe it doesn't work series to series, but uh, I've made this point before. Everyone wants to talk about this. Series against Boston that may or may not happen later in the season, and I get it why people are looking ahead to the future. You guys know that I'm always looking ahead to the future, but mix it mix it up. They've got plenty of options, really. If everyone's healthy, there are plenty of options for this Bucks team defensively. And if Grayson Allen starts, you know, one series doesn't mean he has to start the next one. Does Wesley Matthews come in for matchups? Does Joe Ingles come in for matchups? Again, I'm just not too concerned about that uh, at this point. And, you know, as we've seen in the postseason in the past, if you have guys that really can't do anything else offensively other than stand there and shoot the ball, um, sometimes things can get uh, a little bit uh, stagnant there. And as we've seen with closing lineups as well, it also doesn't necessarily matter too much who starts. But we have seen Grayson Allen be pretty effective early in games and get the offense uh, ticking over. So that's where I that's where I stand on it today. That might change by next week. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's talk about Chris Middleton, though. After we talk about bet online, because hey, it's a good time to talk about bet online. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Because Brooke Lopez is now your favorite for Defensive Player of the Year, and seven blocks tonight. As I mentioned, Jason Tatum, I believe his favorite for MVP, Giannis, is right there behind him though. So get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love your sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, as we keep it uh, rolling here, look at Sal, Kane. He's into the life. He should do this more often. I love this. And by the way, I've said this, you know, I, I don't know on a Saturday night in the US how many people are going to jump in these lives, but uh, you guys never surprise me. Uh, you're always in here. And uh, just some World Cup chat. GN, GN Workstation, my Australia World Cup bet didn't work out today. That is that is very, very unfortunate for Australia. They went down. So did the US. The commiserations all around for fans of the round ball game. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I stuck I stuck to my routine of not watching a second of live Socceroos action at the World Cup it was a 6am game so it was actually not too bad on a sunday morning but uh, i did not uh i did not get up for that game australia lost to argentina 2-1 heartbreaking and the us went down as well all right let's talk about chris milton because this was a really impressive performance by chris to come into the team straight into the starting lineup 27 minutes finishes with 17 points a couple boards seven assists 6-11 from the field and 3 for 4 from three-point land in in 26, 27 minutes. It honestly couldn't have been better. And we had someone in the YouTube comments the other day when we were discussing the return of Chris, the Christmas Eve podcast. And they said, I'm predicting 15, 5, and 5. And I commented back and said, geez, that's pretty optimistic. I don't know if you can expect that from Chris. I'm expecting some rust. I'm expecting maybe he'll play 15 to 20 minutes, not so much uh, the 25, but geez. He was awesome. And he looked in great shape. And I guess that makes sense. It was a wrist injury. It was the off off hands. And his conditioning should have been pretty good. So I guess that there isn't that much reason why he should have rust. But to still come in and look so, so good as a facilitator as well, it's just such a huge addition for this offense. Jeffrey asks, how did I feel after the loss? I, uh, I loved it. I, I mean, I didn't love the loss. Let me clarify that. But I loved this game. I was cracking up laughing at all the shot making. And I would have preferred that the Bucs win this game. Don't get me wrong. But that was almost as much fun as I've had watching the Bucks this season in terms of the superstars showing out. I know Anthony Davis is, is much maligned. Um, but he was awesome. LeBron had a fourth quarter. Giannis blocking LeBron to absolute oblivion. Then Lopez blocking AD and Giannis dunking down the other end. As I mentioned, the Chris Middleton return. Man, I, I just had so much fun uh, watching this game. Uh, we've got a comment here: Middleton choked down the stretch instead of passing to Giannis. He ain't a closer. Hey, if you get, to that commentary, if you've got any spare time, just go back and watch the 2021 Finals. If you if you want to say that he's not a closer, that's totally fine. Comical. Comical comment from uh that viewer here. Go back and watch the finals and you may change your opinion there. You know the thing that I loved about Chris Middleton in this game was he's facilitating. So we know that he can score, but he had the seven assists. And the other day in the podcast, I mentioned what he might be able to generate out of the pick and roll. And we saw everything from Chris. We saw the love to Giannis, and so we know that the Chris Giannis Pick and roll is pretty much the staple for the Bucks' offense. We saw Chris being able to drive downhill, kick to Drew Holiday for the corner. We've seen him being able to find a little pocket pass for Brook Lopez. And I think, honestly, at times, he can be a little turnover prone. But let's be honest, so can Drew, so can Chris. Uh, so can Giannis, I should say. But I think that in terms of the passes that he's able to make, you can easily sit back and say that he's the best facilitator on the team, particularly in the half court offense. And the Bucs, you know, the Bucs really missed that. And again, everyone can accuse me of being an Aussie homer, and I'm totally fine with that. But that's why I think, you know, Joe Ingles is going to be a great addition for this team. Lefty as well. So a little bit of a point of difference there. But adding Middleton into the lineup, and then obviously adding Ingles hopefully a little bit later. Uh, You've just got a couple more facilitators, even if it's not in the usual fashion of a typical point guard or or a true point guard. They're bigger wings, but both excellent pick-and-roll operators. So uh, it was great to have Chris back. It was great to see him checking into the game a number of times, a number of times with, uh, with Giannis. And overall... He's always been one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, And he was back again. Nick C says the Lakers played their best game of the season. It won't happen again. Yeah, I mean, I I think everyone looks at the Lakers and they're, they're older, obviously, and health has been a big part of the reason why they haven't been able to figure it out. But again, I mentioned the other day, I think we saw a pretty good Westbrook game with the 11 assists and no turnovers, which is obviously outstanding. You get 72 points from Davis and LeBron. And if Davis is at his best, he's an absolute ton. He's difficult to stop. The interesting thing is that before this game, I mentioned that the Lakers were the number one team for points in the paint in the league, and the Bucs were second in the league for defending points in the paint. Well, the Lakers were outstanding. They had 70 points in the paint, and I would suggest that that will end up being a season high against the Bucs. 70 points in the paint is a huge amount. There was a hell of a lot of offense in this game. Uh, But overall, I think it was really fun. Let's talk about the 10-second violation on Giannis and jump in the the stream comments here and uh, let us know what you thought about this. So for those that missed the game, Giannis was called for a 10-second violation at the free throw line during this game. Earlier in the night, Russell Westbrook was very vocal about the fact that he thought that Giannis was taking longer than 10 seconds. And to Russell Westbrook's credit, uh, he was taking longer than 10 seconds. And then Russell started counting the 1-1,000, 2-1,000 throughout this situation. But we all know Giannis takes too long at the free throw line. I wish that he would speed it up just because I want the game to go quicker. It also might just help him. But Giannis has historically sat back and said, this is where I get my rest. I'm going to get my rest at the free throw line. And the officials, it's incumbent on them to either call this 10-second violation or not. I don't understand why there was only one 10-second violation in this game. If you're going to call it once, call it 10 times, and then Giannis will change. And this was the thing that pissed me off back in the 2021 finals or the the postseason. If you haven't called it all season, you don't get to call it in the playoffs. That's not the way it works. It's either a rule or it's not a rule. And if you want to call it, start calling it more regularly now, and that's totally fine. But don't just call it one-off in random games and certainly don't bring it back in the postseason because players start counting or whatever crap they're doing on the floor. Either call it or you don't. That's my biggest problem with it. I didn't care that they called the 10-second violation because he took longer than 10. But just to either make a decision and be consistent with that. Uh, Sal says, so all of a sudden AD is better than Giannis just because he had four more points than Giannis? I'm not sure anyone's saying that, are they? Unless there's some trolls in 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 the comments here. I don't think anyone's saying that. Got to do it for more than two weeks, AD. That would be my point there. Overall, the Bucks 16 and six quarter of the way through the regular season, which is crazy. I mean, we talk about the guys taking a rest tonight they're only a quarter of the way through the season. So there is a long, long, long way to go. And as I look to wrap up this podcast, this is sort of what we touched on at the start. But Michael says, what do you think about the big three getting rest? The defensive player of the year who's in his 15th year with a bad back, got to strap up any concerns. Well, I guess the point is he doesn't have a bad back. It's been fixed. <laughs> but no, I, I would suggest that the medical staff knows what they're up to. And hey, they're going to Orlando next. Maybe Brooke Lopez will go home. He'll go to Disneyland instead of playing in the game. Michael asked, do you think the regulars play against Orlando? I would suggest so. I would suggest that uh, they would do so. And we have a question, why are the guys getting so much rest when the season just started? I don't think that there's been that much rest, to be honest. There's been injuries. Drew Holiday had, obviously, the ankle sprain. Chris Milton has only just played one game and I would say that you you aren't going to come back after missing seven months and play back-to-back straight away no one's really doing that that's more of a conditioning thing and Giannis is always carrying injuries let's be honest but hey he would play through anything like Bud said he wouldn't be happy with it but this is the big challenge for the NBA they need to figure it out are we shortening the regular season what are we doing because everyone sits back, including me, doing this podcast and says, hey, all I want is the Bucs to be in the postseason healthy and I want them to win the title. Ben asks, would you rather us be number one seed or number three seed for the playoffs just because it feels as though the Bucs want to have a lower seed for some reason? I don't really understand why uh, that that's the case. I'm not really sure why you're saying that because they rested guys today, but they won the game. I mean, I don't think the Bucs are going to sacrifice health to, health to be the number one seed. They were the number one seed in 2019 and 2020, and it didn't work out for them. They were the number three seed in 2021, and it did work out for them. And a big part of that was they came into the postseason in good form and health. So I don't think at this point in the season that there's anything to do with the Bucks, you know, trying to throw anything or, or, or lose games. They're just looking after health and looking after the players. All right. Let's wrap this up. The questions keep coming through. Long-term, Marjon Awara. Marjon, that's for me, Michael. I'll say Marjon. He's been unwell for a little while. not sure what kind of virus he's got, but it doesn't sound great. We'll be back tomorrow. There's plenty to discuss. Thank you, everyone, for jumping in the live stream here on the weekend from all over the world, too. We've had come from a number of different countries here on this show, which is always fun. Uh, Still testing out this live stream stuff and uh, hopefully it will continue to get better. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. It's 90 damn degrees outside here in Melbourne, Fahrenheit, 32 degrees Celsius for those that uh, go by that measurement. I'm going to wrap up this podcast. I'm going to get it up, and I might go drink a beer in the sun. That sounds like a good idea to me. We'll have a podcast tomorrow. Make sure you check that out and subscribe. If you haven't already subscribed, put the notifications on, and you'll know, as soon as we, uh, as soon as we run these podcasts, thanks everyone for jumping in. Speak to you guys next time.